What do you say to somebody who says they are not religious, they're spiritual? This is actually one of my, I mean, I don't want to call it a pet peeve because that sort of makes it a little petty. Let's say it, let's say it this way. It's, it's a, it's a serious concern that people say this and they mean it and it's, um, got a lot of problems with it. And so I think very well-meaning people say it. I'm not Im impugning their character or something like that, but there's a lot of issues associated with this. So I thought a good way to evaluate the claim, I'm spiritual, not religious, is to evaluate maybe some of the reasons that at least I think, in my opinion, I could be wrong on some of this, but you know, my vibe is that these are the reasons, the pros that people put out there for why they would go this route, identify as spiritual, but not religious, bum, bum, bum. So here are some pros. And by the way, I did this when I was like in my teens. I remember saying this to somebody, um, and I'll explain why I said it later, but but I remember saying this to somebody as I was witnessing or sharing with them about God or about Jesus, about the Bible. And um, they said something, something religion. And I was like, well, I'm spiritual, not religious. I'm talking about spirituality, not religion. And um, it was effective in the moment for helping like in that moment. It did help. But did it really help? <laughs> So let me uh, let me give through some of the pros. Why do people say this? Um, why do people think that they're spiritual, not religious? Um, first, I think that they would say, and I'll give you, uh, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six pros. Six pros for why I think people do this and why even Christians often do this. And it's a very big mistake, but I'll explain why. So number one, uh, they'll think, hey, I got no strings to hold me down. I say I'm spiritual, not religious, because I've got no strings to hold me down. There's, there's I don't have all this these commitments that I'm making externally to whether it's God or, 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 or Jesus or specific religious beliefs, you know, I've got no strings to hold me down. I, I just get these, these spiritual sort of good vibes or good, good, um, feeling that I'm spiritually healthy, just like the way exercise makes you physically healthy or eating well. I'm spiritually healthy because I said that. So no strings. The second pro would be, and all of these have serious problems with them. It would be that people feel that they are open-minded by saying I'm spiritual, not religious, that they're actually very open-minded. I'm open to all truths. I'm not restricted to just one sort of religious set of beliefs. I'm open to anything. So they're very open-minded. Um, also, there's no stigma. The third reason, there's no stigma attached to it. And this is a big one. Um, there's, you know, religion in general has a lot of negative stigma attached to it in our culture, a, a whole lot of negative stigma attached to it in our culture. And it's just uncomfortable if people think that you are religious. In fact, the word religious doesn't just mean somebody who is very, has um, strong religious commitments and adheres to them, but, but rather it means like, ew, right? Like you're religious, you're, you're kind of gross. Like you're like, I don't like, he's very religious. Oh, don't invite him to that event. Or, oh, don't become his friend. Don't date that guy. This is kind of the, the vibe. So you don't have that stigma. You could have very religious beliefs, but you're saying I'm spiritual, not religious. And it takes away some of that stigma. Um, the, the, the next reason, number four, would be there's no baggage. Um, now, a, a lot of religious groups in particular, like so Islam, um, Baptists, and I'm not saying this is the same thing, but um, the uh, they're not. But but the um, other groups like uh, Presbyterians or or Catholic or whatever, all these different groups, Jehovah's Witness, they all have various baggage. People are familiar with the group identity, and they whether that baggage is legit or not, it comes with baggage, right? Like there's people who will think negatively about the group, about you, because you associate with a group that they have these negative thoughts about. And so you remove that. I've got no baggage if I say I'm spiritual, not religious. I'm, I'm just getting rid of that baggage. And it's sleight of hand, but this is 
this is what happens. Also, you can say the the next one is that you're always seeking. I'm always seeking. I'm a seeker. And so you feel very like um very good about yourself. Like I'm a seeker. I'm just seeking for truth in every religion, truth in every location. So I'm I'm actively pursuing instead of having like a dead sort of static religious set of things I believe, I'm continually seeking to grow and learn. Now, neither of these things are reality, but this is this is the implication, right? This is the pro. And the next one is um, that I embrace all spiritual leaders. This is often what I hear with, with someone who says, I'm spiritual, not religious. Now, a lot of Christians don't mean this when they when they use the phrase, but a lot of non-Christians or, or those who are like pop, real, real low-level pop Christian, no offense, that's just what they are. <laughs> Uh, they, they say they're Christian, but they have very little Christian, actual, unique Christian beliefs. Um, when they say this, what they mean is like, oh, yeah, I'm embracing all spiritual leaders. So like Muhammad, yes, of course, we can learn much from him and and Gandhi and and Jesus, of course, and Moses and all the prophets and all the great spiritual and, and the, 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 the very, the Buddha and all this, I embrace them all. So like I'm drinking from every well, I'm, I'm eating, you know, my, my spiritual, you know, plate is well-rounded. I've got the carbs and I've got the veggies and I've got, I've got every, uh, I, I guess veggies have some carbs in them, <laughs> but you've got, you've got all these different nutritional elements you're, you're sort of pulling from various different religions. Okay. So those are the things I think are the reasons why someone says I'm spiritual, not religious. Now I think every one of them has serious problems. I'd like to run through them again and just tell you the problems I have with them. Um, and, but this explains why even Christians will say it. They'll be witnessing, oh, I'm spiritual, not religious. But I'm like, Christian, you are religious. You're just lying about it because you think it's going to be pragmatically helpful. But let me, allow me to explain the reasons why. So, and then I'll, then I'll share a couple Bible, one, two Bible verses in particular that weigh in on this in a way that I think blows out of the water the idea that religion is just generally a bad thing. You don't want to be religious. Like, you want to be religious, guys. You should be religious. But not just any religion. Not just religious in general, but religious with true religion. So, First pro of being spiritual, not religious, is I got no strings to hold me down. And I'll say you do have strings. They're just not religious strings. So you're spiritual, not religious, but you are just basically probably a cultural lemming or a cultural chameleon. You're going to adopt whatever sort of waves of beliefs and social issues and sort of good vibes are going on in your culture. Whatever religions you are exposed to, you will try to passively approve of them as much as you're able. And so you will start to morph and you'll shift, the strings are there, you just don't consider them religious strings. So you morph into culture, you're not actually having sort of this good, healthy, religious anchor that keeps you from going down the way of the dodo bird, wherever your culture happens to be going. And if you've looked at human history at all, guys, we, we know when we look at human history that humans do some crazy stuff in every generation. And when I was younger, I remember reading some of these things and thinking, how could they do this stuff? They're nuts. They're, they're, they're horrible. They're evil. And I didn't think my, my generation was doing it. Why? Because I am going the way of the dodo bird. I am ignorant and blind to the sins of my own generation. And I'm very aware of the sins of prior generations. This is, this is every generation's curse. We, we can be critical of our parents, but we're very uncritical of ourselves. And so um, when I get religion, good godly religion in there, I, I have strings that are from God. I have barriers and truths that are from God, if it's genuine religion, that gives me the ability to go against the grain of the current culture. So yes, you have strings. They're just not the right ones. <laughs> um, so the second benefit of being spiritual, not religious, would be that you're open-minded. The problem with being perpetually open-minded is that it requires that you hold very loosely many things that are true. 
or you don't hold them at all. So open-mindedness, in a sense, is a very good quality thing. But I mean, one great thinker, I can't remember his name, said that the purpose of opening your mind is to close it down again on something that's true. And if, I mean, this, this, if you really want to be wise about being open-minded, you shouldn't, and I see philosophers do this sometimes, and I see people do it all over the place, um, especially in the intersection between the philosophical community of Christians and atheists, where they kind of intersect and try to become like, as much, get as much common ground as they can have. This is one of the downsides of being in that community, which there are a, a, a number of them, to be completely honest. Um, but uh, that's for some other video, um, or never. But the one of the downsides is this thing of, I'm going to hold all of my beliefs very openly and loosely. So I'm willing at any moment to just drop them. But I want you to consider that religious beliefs, while some of them can be put in that category, right? Like your beliefs about eschatology or end times, when, when exactly should I consider the, uh, the, the second coming in the timeline of events that we read about in the book of Revelation? Okay, like to me, I'm like, that's something I, I'm perfectly content to hold very, fairly openly. But if you're holding openly things like, is Jesus really my savior? And I'm going to hold that with a very open hand. Like maybe he is, maybe, I mean, I mean, I'm convinced he is, but I don't know, maybe 75%. Like, I don't know, maybe. He... Imagine doing this in your marriage. Am I really married to that woman? Am, do I really love that woman? I mean, I'm like, I hold it open. I'm open-minded. You know, I, what you're doing is you're harming your relationship with your spouse because you can't just do this with every truth that's out there. I don't hold open-mindedly the, the idea that I am actually a living being experiencing real things in the real world. Some philosophers would, would want you to hold that open-mindedly. I think that's ridiculousness. Okay, I think this is where philosophy ventures into um, folly. I don't hold open-minded the idea that, um, that Jesus is my Savior. Now, that doesn't mean that I get there without evidence to support it, that I don't have a mountain of support evidentially. It doesn't mean that at all. It means that I am going to rely upon this thing as very true or else I can't function well in life. Um, so some of this open-mindedness, what it ends up doing is you, you can't hold onto anything and your, your worldview is nebulous and it's shifting all the time. And often, this is a strange critique, but I'll throw it out there. Those who say I'm spiritual, not religious, often have a sort of mosaic of different things that they have decided to believe. They hold them loosely, so they're willing to switch out that mosaic anytime. Um, which which also implies that you, maybe you don't have great reason to believe it if you're so e easily willing to throw it out. But but this mosaic is often conflicting. You know, some mosaics are really nice and some are like, this. it's chaos. It, the little tiles conflict with each other. And that's what happens with a lot of the people that are spiritual, not religious. They, they have beliefs that are incoherent with each other. So they'll be like, well, I believe in Jesus too. But they totally reject Jesus. But they say they believe in Jesus, but then they teach something else that Jesus was totally opposed to. So they'll, they'll have these, this conflicting thing, which means that whatever is true religiously, if you have a conflicting mosaic of beliefs, whatever is true religiously, it's not what you believe. Like you're definitely wrong in that case. And th this happens with perpetual open-mindedness. Um, there's also no stigma. The third one was there's no stigma if you're religious, not spiritual. And this is, this is basically comes down to, I'm like, yeah, you're right. There's no stigma, but it's people-pleasing. Like, people will not be offended at me, will not be upset with me, will not look negatively about me. I don't have to navigate through baggage of, of biases they have, prejudices, or maybe past pains or hurts they've got. And all this stuff just is people-pleasing in the end, right? This is, I'm going to compromise reality and truth in order to have a better time talking to this person. 
And this is where we've got to make hard decisions. Jesus didn't do this. He actually uh, was okay with facing the stigma of the things he was really teaching and believing. And I would say it actually reinforces stigma. Saying I'm spiritual, not religious, reinforces stigma because it sends a message to everybody that religious is icky and bad. And I'm not the icky bad thing. I'm not the, I'm not the icky bad. It's not me, I promise. And so religion, just to clear some of the air, you may have heard religion is the cause of most wars. This is factually and historically not true. You may have heard that religion has been the cause of you know, the majority of the harm the human race has experienced. That's also not true. You may have heard that religion is generally a force for evil in the world and not good. That is factually not true. These are things people believe, but it's a false stigma. And these are reasons why people don't want to identify as being religious. That would be, um, you might be like, oh, I have examples of uh, Muhammad going on killing sprees, slaughtering the Jews in Mecca, just slaughtering them all, um, or, the, or even the pagans. And yeah, he did. Okay. But that's Islam. That's not religion. The issue here is, is, is it true religion? Is it, or is it false religion? That's going to be the real key issue here. And an example would be government. Uh, you know who is responsible for massive, massive amounts of murders and, and slaughters and horrible oppression of people? Governments. But nobody's like, you know, it's not like America goes, we're America, but we're, we're not governmental. We're just service mental. <laughs> Nobody does this. They don't try to pretend they're not a government because they are a government no matter what they say. And you are religious no matter what you say. The question is whether the government is good government or bad government. Same question for religion. Is it good religion, true religion, or is it false religion and bad religion? These are the real issues we should have. And of course, when I say though, I'm not, I'm religious, but I, but I have true religion. This is seen as, even if it's a factual claim, it's seen as arrogant. It's seen as like a bridge burning and not building. And I think maybe we get a little bit into the people-pleasing issues there. The next one, the fourth one was there's no baggage. If you say I'm religious, I'm spiritual, not religious, you have no baggage. Um, except like I'm a follower of Jesus. Okay. And if you're a Christian, let me just put it this way. You have baggage, whether you, whether you want to or not, if you're going to follow Jesus, there's baggage that comes with it. The early Christians were persecuted because of their baggage of following Jesus. The apostles were persecuted because they kept proclaiming the resurrection of Jesus. Like this comes with the territory. It's a healthy thing. It's part of what makes you decide whether you're really serious about following Jesus or not, is whether you're willing to take the baggage. Now, the baggage I don't take, I'll take the baggage of, oh, well, Mike, you're just this, you're one of those pro-family guys, right? You're one of those like religious conservatives as far as your, your spiritual values, your moral values. Absolutely. That's part of the baggage that comes with it. You may not like that. I'm okay with you not liking that. That's part of the baggage that comes with me honestly and openly following Jesus. Then you you uh, you might try to add the baggage of like say what the Catholic Church did with the Crusades. My uh, microphone is having some identity crisis. Thinks it's the Leaning Tower of Pisa. <laughs> okay, let me see if I can. Let me just. I'll just. I'll just do this. Why? Oh dear. I've been having issues every stream, it seems, but it's different issues. I fix the issues and then there's more. If I follow the mic, I shouldn't have touched it. Okay, I'll just, I'll fiddle with that, but I won't talk about it. Um, so the baggage that I want to avoid as a Christian, I want to take the baggage of Jesus. I want to take the baggage of the Bible. I will, I will fight to defend scripture, defend its goodness and its truth and its integrity. I will take all the baggage of people saying that I'm supporting genocide and, and all that other stuff that's not true. I will take it all. 
But what I won't take is the baggage of every Christian in history and all the bad things they did when those things weren't consistent with Jesus. And so I can just ask, like, hey, that thing that you're mad about that happened in history, was it consistent with Jesus? And if it wasn't, I won't take that baggage because I'm not a follower of fill in the blank, right? The, the, the Pope at the time of the Crusades, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm not a follower of uh, whoever did what in 1920. I'm a follower of Jesus. So that's the baggage I don't take. Um, the next one is, and then we'll go to all your questions soon, guys. Let me just rant through all these things real quick. The next one is that we're always seeking. Um, I'd say I'm spiritual, not religious, because I'm always seeking. I'm always seeking. But this is not tr actually true. Because <laughs> when you find the thing you're seeking and you keep seeking, that's, that's when you add never finding to always seeking, you have now moved into a realm of playing like you're seeking. So I'm always on a journey. Journey where? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. The journey is more important than the destination. I'm like, well, not when it comes to truth. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, if you're always seeking but never finding, then you're not really seeking. You're just on a journey to be on a journey and to stay on a journey. And this is interesting because if you're spiritual but not religious, and if, and if this fits your description, that you're always seeking but never finding, then that means that finding truth is actually a problem for your spiritual, spirituality. Finding truth means that you actually have to stop something that you consider part of your core spiritual beliefs and, and values, which is this always seeking mentality. Now, as a, as a Christian, I am always seeking further knowledge of Christ, but I've clamped down onto who Jesus is. I've clamped down on the death and resurrection of Christ and the truth and authority of God's word. I'm still seeking and learning all the time, new things about God, new things about scripture, new things about the Christian life, um, all this stuff I'm learning all the time, okay? So it's not like there's no seeking that goes on, but I have stopped seeking when it comes to how, you know, who am I? What's my, what's my issue? Sin? How will I be saved through Jesus Christ? I have found, I have found, and I acknowledge that. And the final one is they'll say, I embrace all spiritual leaders. This is a real common one. And it feels like so bridge building, like, man, I think there's truth in Muhammad. I think there's truth in Buddha and truth in Krishna. I think there's truth in all these. And of course that's true to a point. It's not like everything Buddha ever said was wrong. Uh, a lot of what he said wasn't really religious much at all. <laughs> um, it was more like practical life advice. But or if you can even figure out what he what he really said versus other things. But the um, but the thing here is, you can't actually say that you follow or you embrace all spiritual leaders because on very key points, most of the spiritual leaders disagree. This means that if you were to if you were to put down Jesus in a room, set him at Jesus in a room with Buddha and Krishna and Muhammad and fill in the blank, add other spiritual leaders that you think are gurus that you follow and you think you follow all of them. If you were to explain your beliefs to them, specific beliefs, and then let them ask questions about the beliefs they care about a lot, like Jesus, right? If he could ask you, every, almost every one of these religious leaders would reject you and your spirituality. This is kind of a big eye opener, but when you, when you think I'm, oh, I follow Jesus and I follow Krishna and I follow all of these, like you don't. And if you were to sit down with them, they would reject your spirituality because this is, this is, we're moving into la la land, like sort of a pretend spirituality that's happening here where I, it's not grounded in anything because the focus of I'm spiritual, not religious is often more about, I want to feel like I'm spiritual. That's it. 
I just want to feel like I'm a spiritual person because that's kind of the realm of, of what I care about with spirituality is that I feel like I am a spiritual person. And for this, the easiest way to feel spiritual is to just fake it, is to just pretend that you're spiritual. And that's what ends up happening a lot, unfortunately, with this stuff. So the, the, uh, the spiritual, not religious thing, how do you actually answer someone who says this? I mean, I, I think that obviously you could play my video for them and maybe they'll listen to it. Maybe they'll still be your friend afterwards. <laughs> I hope so. Um, but I think that, you know, you could, you could talk about some of those issues. Like you're seeking, what are some of the things you found while you're seeking? You say you're open-minded. What are the religious leaders that you follow? You know, do you follow Jesus? How about Krishna? How about, okay, what are some of the beliefs that they have taught that you also embrace? And then you could point out other beliefs they've taught that this person won't embrace to help them start to see some of the problems. The difficulty here is that if their spirituality is meant to make them feel good, then talking about it with someone who thinks they're wrong does not feel good. And there's a really high chance they will not talk to you about it at all. And so maybe one of the better ways uh, to approach this might be like taking them with you to church, reading a book, they'll read it and you read it and you guys talk about it together. So you're tapping into their, I want to feel spiritual as a way of building a bridge to actually being really spiritual, which involves being religious. Now, what does scripture say about this? Here we go. James 1, 26 and 27. Here's the Bible using the word religious in a very positive context. James says, if anyone thinks he is religious, which James clearly in this context thinks religious is a good thing. He goes, you think you're religious? And that's a good thing, by the way. But you don't bridle your tongue, right? You're deceiving your own heart. So if you don't control what you say with your mouth, then your religion is worthless. See, because James thinks that religion, and James being inspired by the Holy Spirit to write this in the text of Scripture, that religion is a positive thing that you do want, but that it can be bad religion, right? It can be worthless religion, but he wants you to be, to be properly religious. So verse 27, he explains what properly religious is. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father, is this to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Unstained from the world means I'm not sinning in my life. So I'm fighting that battle of living righteously and dying to self and not sinning as I follow Jesus. And um, visiting orphans and widows are is, is basically helping people, caring about and helping people who are going through hard times and difficult times and lack and suffering. That's a beautiful example of what good godly religion would look like.